Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Westerns Refer to Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Ah, I'm doing all right, I guess. I mean, it's Sunday, though. Yep. I know yep. I wanted to get back to Saturdays. I but know. We have been off schedule for like three weeks in a row now, just slightly. We, we need to get back to our routine here because it's I think it's uh, screwing up our mojo a little bit. It absolutely is. I mean, because I, I could have stayed a lot longer last night and I ended up going home early. Well, that was on you, just, man. You you called this change, not me. Well, that's true. Yeah. I did call this so. change, though. You were, ready to, you were ready and willing and able to do it right away. Though. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You were. So, yeah. Which normally is not the case for you, but you had something else going on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even make the thing I was supposed to go to on Saturday because of a flat freaking tire. That sucks so Like bad. on the way there, flat tire, man. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And then had to get it fixed. It was a whole thing. So, um, all right. So I did want to get into one story. Uh, somebody knew you without knowing your name, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Right. So, okay, so last Saturday, last night was Saturday night, mm-hmm. and it was uh, uh, there was a concert, Morgan Whalen. You know who that is? No idea. Country no. guy. Okay, that's so probably why. Obviously, you don't know him. Yeah. Well, he was playing at um, the amphitheater. Okay. Which is the worst place to pick people up from, to be honest with you. Just the worst. But this isn't, has nothing to do with him. I picked up four guys down in Soho um, going all the way out to... Uh, uh, like Bruce B. Downs. Okay. And long ride. Yeah. yeah. Long ride. They get in the car and you know, it, it's a good, these guys are all talking. It's a good conversation. They're kind of drunk. They're not super drunk. I did give one guy the bag, the hold in the back. <laughs> just um, in case, just in case. Yeah. So, and he took it, which was cool. And he, <laughs> and he was drunk and he was trying to sing too, which was the worst in the world. <laughs> like he was like, Hey, play this song. And I'm like, well, my Pandora doesn't really work that way. And I really didn't want to just like, it could right. have worked that way, but I didn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah. You're driving. You don't so, need to be finding songs. Yeah. So yeah. like I ended up picking the artist and we're playing, he couldn't find this. He kept wanting to skip. And I'm like, you only get so many skips, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> you only get so many skips. Yep. Um, but um, it, it, in the conversation, it came up that like, I, I told him what kind of podcast that I listened to. I didn't even mention my own podcast, by the way, which I right. I, I mean, like, well, hang on a second. You bitch at me all the time about being shitty at marketing. And here's a guy who asks you what kind of podcast you like. Perfect opportunity to say, well, you know, you know, the way, and it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to even the tell way this guy. It came up, the way it came up when he said, well, everybody does a podcast. Right. He said that. And as soon as he said that. Like, my response wanted to be like, well, I do one, too. Like, but it was like, no, I'm not even doing that. You would have that. proved his point at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have. And so I'm like, I'm not even going to tell you which one I do. Okay. But it came up like some of the podcasts I listened to, and, and one of them was like the Reason Roundtable, which is like a libertarian podcast. Right. 
And he's like, libertarian. He's like, well, I'm like, what does that mean? Or he's like, well, you know, what does that mean to you or something like that? I'm like, well, and I have a standard boilerplate line now that I say to people now right. when it comes to that. And I said, well, I support the rights of gay married couples to protect their marijuana crops with automatic weapons. Right. Like, I think that in a weird way that totally encapsulates yeah, yeah. everything, <laughs> you know? It, it kind of nails all the key points. And, you know, it, you're no matter where you are in the politically uh, political spectrum you're going to agree with at least one of those yeah and, you're, and, and the thing is like let's say you're a let's say you're a lefty right you right. Know, like guns right you can't get too mad because well he's talking about a gay married couple right you know what i mean you know let's say you're a, a right winger that that hates gay people but he's like oh automatic weapons <laughs> right exactly you know and the weed can can you know anyone you know you go either way can though. go either way you go right. either way yeah so, but in here, he, but, but when I said that, he was like, I, I remember there was one libertarian that I knew that was driving around without a driver's license, you know, and I was like, hey, I know that guy. He's my buddy, Adrian. And I almost said, and we do the podcast, do podcast together, together, but you didn't even bother telling him It was too about. late at that point, and so I didn't do that. Uh, but it was just funny that you were known, that in, in some circles, you are not known by name, but right. known, but you just drove around without a driver's license. You know, and it's frustrating that that is the uh, that that is like the memorable thing uh, for, you know, that that's what a lot of people, at least around Florida, associate with libertarian. Oh, you want to drive without a driver's license? Yeah. And I'm pretty much solely responsible for that. You played a part. You I can't mean, say you didn't play a part it, of that. There one. are acquaintances, you know, that that I don't see for a long time and then I'll see them again and. And almost universally is one of the questions uh, they ask me is, hey, you still driving without a driver's license? Yeah. You know, like that's the biggest thing in the world to people. You know, it's it's always the weird stuff. Man. Uh, yeah. It's always yeah. the weird stuff. <laughs> Go figure. But anyway, but hey, that, speaking of weird stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I had a very, very strange experience this week. Um, I actually uh, saw a UFO and this is not a bit. Um, and uh, after seeing it, I'm going to uh, – basically, I, I immediately, after witnessing it, I, I went inside and documented everything. I actually did it right in the show notes, so I'd have it here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and just read my notes here. So it's uh, 2243 May 23, so uh, 1040 p.m. on May 3rd. Witness what appeared to be and sounded like an H-60 uh, approaching – those are the Blackhawks – uh, approaching out of the north-northwest with standard navigation lights on. When it was approximately 20 degrees before directly overhead of my position, I noticed another black object in front of it with no lights on at all at the 1 o'clock position from the, uh, the lighted uh, Blackhawk. Um, it appeared to be approximately 100 yards in front of the lit chopper as if in formation. Though it was too dark to make out the object accurately, it appeared to be an oval or semi-cylindrical object. It was approximately the same size as an H-60 fuselage. However, I could only hear one craft. The dark object had no audible or visible means of propulsion. I could not see nor hear a main rotor. There was a Doppler effect when the second craft passed overhead, but none from the first. So do you know what I'm talking about there? No. Okay. Uh, the Doppler effect when it comes to sound is like when a, a fire truck passes you. Okay, as it's approaching, the sound, the pitch increases. Oh yeah, okay. okay I know you're talking. And about. when it passes, it decreases, right? Yeah. And normally, if you have a formation of helicopters that are flying directly over you, you will hear that pitch increase and then decrease for each one. 
Okay. Okay. All right, I got you. And again, it's it's because my background is in uh, air defense missile systems. Um, you know, these are kind of things that I, I probably pick up on a lot more than, you know, the average person would. Uh, but that's something that, <clears throat> you know, when I'm looking at, the, and you know me, anytime there's an aircraft in the sky, it, it's it's like my OCD. I have to, you know, track it and identify it. Yeah. You know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Man, knock the place around here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Uh, there was uh, a Doppler effect when the second craft passed overhead, but none on the first. The pitch of the rotor noise continued to increase after the first craft passed. Um, don't change the notes while I'm in here. Sorry. Don't do that. Uh, indicating the sound was coming from the second helicopter only. The first one seemed to make no sound at all. Both craft continued on a south-southeast path in the general direction of McDill Air Force Base. I could no longer see the first craft after it passed overhead. I could only see the navigation lights from the trailing helicopter. I estimate the speed of the crafts at approximately 150 to 200 miles per hour and the an altitude of approximately 2,000 to 3,000 feet based on the apparent size of the H-60. Um, now, my best guess on this is this is some new ultra-quiet military helicopter, um, and it was being escorted by the a, a normal Blackhawk, okay? And that, you know, here's the thing. If you're trying to transport, say, a stealth silent aircraft, probably the best way to do it is have it in close formation with a, a normal H-60 uh, so that, assuming it has a very low radar signature, if it were even picked up, it would it would look as if it was the same radar signature of the... Yeah, he'd give you an excuse. Exactly. And also, if someone, even though this helicopter probably makes far less noise than a normal helicopter, if it was by itself, someone might hear something and look up. But the fact that it was running with no lights on, no navigation lights, which you don't do in peacetime. Yeah. You know? And the fact that it was in formation with another helicopter that I could hear completely and had navigation lights on, this is some high-tech ultra quiet black ops helicopter you know it's it, it had to be yeah but it's not like you don't think it's aliens though no 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 okay, no I no got you. <laughs> well because so, ufo doesn't mean necessarily aliens well it was an unidentified object yeah. yeah so that's what i'm saying however my best guess for all i know it could have been aliens but it they were too close together they they were in a tight formation you know what i'm saying yeah i couldn't imagine you know, if it was chasing a, an alien craft, that it would be, you know, one helicopter and, well, and that close on it. And that close, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just interesting. I, I'm pretty sure I saw a, uh, pretty sure the U.S. military now has an almost silent uh, helicopter, you know. So, very interesting stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there for you folks. I, I hope you enjoy that uh, little bit of uh, creepy pasta there. Yeah, hopefully they don't take the hopefully they don't take the show down because of you've uh, relayed a classified I, information. Well, it's it's again, it's it's uh, I, I don't think you can get in trouble for you know witnessing something and then talking about it. Yeah. Uh, if I had documentation on it that was classified and leaked it, that'd be a different story. But you well, know. then you'd have to just put it on Discord. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so where you where you want to take us so from here? I want to start with the Jordan Neely thing. Okay. So, for those that you don't know, there was this homeless guy on a sub on a, in a New York subway by the name of Jordan Neely, and you got to talk about the guy's past in order to accurately bring this fucking thing up, anyway. But so this guy is a 
crazy, like a schizophrenic. He's clinically, you know, not right. doing very well. Yeah. And he has, he had a warrant out for his arrest anyway for an assault on an old woman. He's done things, like he's done things, like he's assaulted people in subways. Right. There's been a bunch of people that have been killed in subways. Like homeless people have pushed people into oh, hang subway on a cars second. Hang and stuff. on a second. Hang on a second. You can't put that on him. Though. No, no, no. You can't put that on him. But you can put that on the atmosphere that's going on in New York subways right now. Right. So when you see somebody doing something like what this guy was doing, which was harassing and threatening other passengers, that that can... Well, hang on a second. Do we know for a fact that that's what he was doing before uh, this uh, altercation took place? Supposedly. Okay. Again, without knowing for sure. Yeah. But what you what you do know is is that a, 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 the, he's, the Marine... He's homeless... He's, uh, you know, in does have, he's schizophrenic. He's schizophrenic. And he does have a pattern of being at least threatening, possibly even violent. Yes. Okay. Yeah, matter, matter of fact, worn out for his arrest for beating up a woman. Okay. All right. Now, because of this, this 24-year-old Marine put this guy in a chokehold. Right. And was trying to subdue him along with another black guy. Right. So just make sure that it's it's not him by himself doing it. It's him and another guy who happens okay, to be Okay, so you black. brought up race. So race is a component to this. Yeah, yeah, because so Jor- Jordan The guy Lee who was, died, the victim, was black. in this case, was black. The Marine, the was Marine white. who restrained him was white. Along with the other guy that helped restrain him was also black. Okay. But did but that guy was not in the chokehold. Right. Or was not performing a chokehold. Right. Now, this guy put the chokehold on too well. Dude died. Right. Now... Right now, there is all kinds of controversy about it because they didn't charge the dude with murder. Right. And they, you know, initially interviewed him and then they let him go. Right. Because they're saying it was basically, you know, like self-defense or, you know, defending other people. Right. You know, while you're there. And people are all in a hubbub about this, about how, you know, this is, you know, you can't be black in the subway and stuff like that. Now, the thing about it is, there's a couple things here first i'd never ever fucking want to live in new york by the way if that's what you have to deal with in the subway like i would never want to take the subway if you're dealing with people homeless people that are just acting fucking crazy all the time it's pretty common i mean i've i've ridden the new york subway system many many times so yeah you, you see it it's always there yeah yeah so that's the first thing the second thing is at what point is someone allowed to assist another person? I guess you could say. Like, did this guy go... Look, I'm sure this guy didn't want to kill the guy, per se. However, he did put the chokehold on him. Yeah, and whenever you know you're going to put a chokehold yeah. on somebody, man, you can kill him. Like, they can be you killed. Know, you know the the end result of a chokehold. Yeah. You know? It, it, it can be. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't now, always be... It's not always that way, but uh, it can especially, be Especially, I, I also believe that this... Uh, uh, the guy who died uh, was a pretty uh heavy drug user as well well any hold on and in all fairness he also was a michael jackson uh recreator performer in the subways as well right right like had this some guy nice moves had some yeah. moves yeah had some moves it wasn't that old of a guy either by the way no i think he was late 20s yeah yeah so um all right so so what what's your overall take on this <sighs> overall i don't think that the guy should be charged Honestly, I would say I just don't have enough information 
to know. It just seems to me right now, again, without knowing more information, it just seems to me that based off of what I know, I don't think the guy should be charged. Here, here's the thing. However, however, with that being said, like you're going to have riots and people getting very, very angry about this at the same time. Well, yeah, you're, you're going to have people that are just going to, you know, play the, the race card immediately and, and say that, you know, this was just he was targeted because he was black, which is clearly not the case. Having said that, well, and they're saying that and then they're saying that the white guy was racist. Yeah, right. No, which just is, no, just no. Yeah. That's th- this is that takes away from anything that you're actually. Yeah. Again, I don't think race has anything to do with this one as much because. But having said that, I, I don't know all the facts, so I'm withholding judgment. But the possibility did does exist that this guy used excessive force, you know, because this this dude was a pretty skinny dude, you know, and there were two guys there that were intervening who were apparently strangers, but they both came to the same conclusion that this guy needed to be restrained. Right. Yeah. So the fact that he used a chokehold to do it, which ultimately ended up in the guy dying, it, it could have been excessive, you know. Yeah. I mean, because. Going straight to a chokehold, I mean, you're there's not a not a long time between the time that someone will lose consciousness to the time where they stop breathing. You know, it's a it's a pretty small window of time. So that is a dangerous hold to use. So if you're in my opinion, that's a hold you should never use unless you feel you are one hundred percent justified in using deadly force. Yeah. You know? So I mean, like, I, I think I honestly think that the the Marine in this case had other options. It's possible. Again, I wasn't there. I did. I didn't. But should he be charged with murder? I I don't think so. I, you ba- know? Based off of what I know so far, I don't think he should be. However, yeah. with that being said, and it would also uh, depend on I don't know what happened immediately leading up to that. So if this guy was some type of real immediate threat to somebody, um. You know, if he was about to do significant harm to someone else, that might be a different story. But if he was just, you know, acting acting crazy and all that and, and not really harming anyone, yeah, maybe he did need to be restrained, but not by this much forth. And again, it's it's so hard from to try to second guess all this, you know, from a, a 10,000 foot view when you're, you weren't there in the moment, you know? Yeah. No, no, that's true. That's so, true. But any, I think anyone jumping to any conclusions at this point is is probably not doing the right thing. Yeah. Whether you're jumping to the conclusion that he was absolutely justified, or whether you're jumping to the conclusion that, you know, oh this this guy was a racist that just tried wanted to kill a black man. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's both extremes to that direction. You know. Look, here's the thing though. I think that the one part about this that takes race out of it though is that assisting the marine was a black guy. I, that doesn't necessarily no. That takes race out of it. No, I'm saying I don't that think takes, it does. No. How does it not take race out of it though? So <sighs> the, black, the, the black guy was racist too. Then I, I I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily. It does lean towards uh, that it it wasn't ro- racially motivated. I doubt that it was actually racially motivated. Um, but like I, if it was a white guy acting the same way, would this guy have choked this guy out? And I think the answer is yes. I, yeah, he probably would have. Yeah, so, but I'm I'm just saying that just because a black guy was assisting in, in restraining this guy doesn't necessarily mean that the original guy's motivations weren't racist, you know. Yeah, but I don't think so in this case. 
you know i'm just honestly the position i have is just i don't know enough about it to make to draw any type of conclusion and i yeah. don't think anybody does especially not enough to go out and well there's video riot. of it though it, well yeah yeah and in the video it just, again he's got but him the video the- starts when he's already got him in the chokehold uh you don't know what happened before that I haven't seen any video of what led up to that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no there's some truth to that. There's yeah. some truth to that. So, but it's it's just one of these things where I think the other part that gets me is this guy had a warrant out for his arrest. Now right. it wasn't a bullshit warrant. It was he assaulted another person, so he infringed on the rights of was someone. Was it assault else. or was it battery? Was he actually physically uh, attacked? I, I another don't know person which one or? it was. It was it was an old woman. Yeah, because assault could just mean he you know yelled at her or something. Okay, well, yeah. at either rate, he had a warrant out for his arrest. Okay. And the cops didn't do anything. Right. Like, you left this guy on the streets. If you'd actually arrested this guy and picked him up, like, if you'd done your job, right, then this guy would still be alive, right? Well, yeah. Or he could have been killed by the cops. But. <laughs> Look, the, the new mayor of uh, New York, um, you know, he uh, came out last week and said, well, I think the solution to all New York's problems is more prayer. We, we need more prayer in, in New York, so... <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, he, the, the mayor, the current mayor in New York city is black. I forget his name. Who is the mayor? Eric Adams. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, he's actually getting a lot of pushback now, uh, from, uh, members of the, uh, the black community for, you know, <laughs> doing the whole thoughts and prayers type of thing instead of actually, you know, uh, policing and solving problems. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to be a cop right now. I wouldn't want to right. be law enforcement right now. What's going on out there? Look, I, and here's the thing. I, I I wanted to relate it a little bit to what I see at night in Tampa. Right. And it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while, some of these homeless people get pretty freaking violent. Yeah. Like get where they're banging on your car and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and it's like, at what point are you? Hold on. I guess this brings up another subject as well, but at, at, at what point, hold on, let me back it up a little bit. We talk, I talked about this a couple years ago and I've, it has been a, it's been a subject that I brought up from time to time. Right. And it's that Uruhu movement people down in South St. Pete. Right. Where they were mad at people. They were mad at the cops for chasing people who stole stuff. Right. And if that guy died in the, in being chased that he's, so the, somehow it's the cop's fault that this guy went and stole things and then got chased out of it because of it. That that petty theft should be legal, right? Right. But we also have seen now, like in San Francisco, that literally people walk into CVSs and Walgreens, steal a bunch of stuff. Nobody stops them. Right. And they go down the street and sell it. Right. Near the store. Yeah. And nobody gets in trouble for this. Right. Are you okay with this? Oh, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, yeah. In my world, that's how shit would happen. Um, well, you'd shoot that person. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Or you just you know close the store and just say, fuck this town. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> going somewhere what, people don't steal. Well, hold on. What they're doing is now they're <laughs> shutting those stores down and they're leaving. Right. And then when they do that, they get then the, then the community leaders get mad at those stores oh. for shutting down. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Bye-bye. But then when, <laughs> and when somebody is stealing stuff, right. they're like, well, they're doing it to feed their family. Look, are they really doing that to feed their family? Eh. Like, are you buying tennis shoes to feed your family? Yeah, yeah. Like, are you, I mean, are you stealing no. tennis shoes? Are you stealing TVs to feed? Look, if you went into like a Whole Foods and started stealing no, look, all the stuff from fucking Whole Foods, all right, I'll give you that one. There's, there's, there's nobody starving to death in America these days. There's just not. Well, yeah. they don't need to be. 
Well, yeah, if there are people who are starving to death in this country, it's because they, they don't are, know where the place to get. They food are is. they are willfully ignorant or just you know uh, psychologically completely troubled to the point where they just can't function. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there is. Yeah, people aren't out there stealing for the most part because they, you know, they they're starving to death. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're stealing because they want stuff. You know, I mean, it, well, and also if look, if you're going to get rid of, if you're not going to enforce any laws on stealing stuff, right? Then people are just going to steal stuff, right? Like they're, if they're allowed to get away with it, then those in the society that don't think that, that they don't have a problem with it are going to go ahead and do sure. that stuff. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This doesn't excuse like white collar crime or any other. It doesn't excuse any of this, right? But at the same time, if you're just not going to bust these people, well, here, not only not bust them, but get mad at them, get mad at the other people if you try to bust them. That is, here's the problem in some of these places. Okay, you either have to do one of two things. You have to either have a police force that is going to stop these things, or if you don't want to do that, then you have to acknowledge that these business owners have an absolute right to defend their property with force. Okay, But in certain parts of the country, neither of those things are happening. So you've got to take San Francisco, for example, where they're not policing uh, this thing to, you know, prevent uh, crime or at least, uh, you know, enforcing, uh, uh, capturing people, you know, uh, punishing people who do steal. And the, uh, the the store owners, either through, you know, uh, laws or corporate culture, take an approach that if someone shoplifts, we don't intervene, we don't use force, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, just none of that. Uh, so, you know, when you have both of those scenarios in place, yeah, what's what's the disincentive for people to steal? Well, and also, if you... If I, I kind of want to take a vacation to San Fran to do some shoplifting. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> I mean, right? they're not going to stop you. That's yeah. the thing. Like, they're just not going to stop you. Right. And then... And then you're going to get mad at the stores when they close too. Like, like we're losing too much money here. We're going to have to close up shop. Right. Like, well, you greedy sure. corporations. Wouldn't you be mad? What that they're going to close the store because? Yeah. We, well, hold on. I, I mean, would, I was getting good shit from there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fuck. Now I got to go out and find another place oh, to steal from. It's so from. hard to have a fucking legitimate conversation with you sometimes. Uh, well, no. It really it's just is. if you, if you think through the 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 psychology of it, and and again, it's because I look at everything from an anarchist perspective, um, that. You know, the, the really the, the best solution to this is just people defending their own property. And if people defended their own property, this wouldn't happen. Well, and when it you'd did, have more, would, yeah, you'd have yeah. more people. Yeah. I look initially more people would get killed, but then you wouldn't go steal it. Look, if somebody got killed trying to steal out of one of these stores, right. nobody else would want to steal out of that freaking store at that point. Well, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, if that did happen and a store owner was defending the place and had enough armed people in the place to defend it, uh, maybe a, a group would come back with more people and more arms and they'd just completely take over the place. Shit happens, man. <laughs> you know, you just, you got to roll with it. <laughs> All right. The, the strongest force shall win. Now, I put this in the homeless wars category just because you had another one. This is a video you put in. Uh, ex-fire official uh, Don uh, Karmagaji attacks sleeping homeless man with bear spray prior to his own beating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did you watch this? No. Dude, this guy is just going around, walking around town, and he, he's the, uh, what was he? He was the uh, former chief of, of fire department or something like yeah. that. Um, and he was just in this San Francisco again. Just going around and bear spraying homeless people, you know, and uh, this one guy, he he bear sprayed 
apparently knew who it was and went over and and caught him outside his house and beat the crap out of him you know and <laughs> justifiably so in my book <laughs> you know the guy's just sleeping there on the on the the sidewalk and he gets bear sprayed by this dude so uh dude goes and finds him beats the crap out of him you know and i i think that's a <laughs> that's the kind of thing that happens when you have the the mindset in san francisco so you know the nobody's doing the government is not doing anything about the homeless problem so here's the civilian even though he was a former you know uh, government employee yeah going out and doing something about it and uh you know he's taking an approach that's going to have repercussions on himself then he gets a shit beat out of him and honestly i think this is the way that shit shakes out man and eventually uh, both sides are going to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> maybe maybe we ought to not sleep like in this neighborhood because they're coming out and bear spraying us. And the people coming out and bear spraying are going to say, you know what? Maybe we ought not do this because somebody's going to eventually track me down and beat the shit out of me. You know, so these are the kind of things that are necessary to uh, a re- reach a middle ground in society. You know, when you have that absence of government, this is the kind of stuff that needs to happen. And basically... It's funny because in a lot of ways, you're looking at San Francisco and and some of the Pacific Northwest, Portland, as an example of how things go in the early stages of an anarchist society. Because essentially, law enforcement is doing nothing. Yeah. They're just doing nothing out there these days. And so it's, it's like this is how the early days of anarchy would be until essentially the situation normalized. Yeah. And so I love to see all this stuff. I, I honestly do. I'm I'm not even joking when I say all that. What an asshole, though. Oh yeah, the guy was total asshole. Like I mean, because you kind of deserve to get your ass for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad that, like, that on, he did. Like if you watch the one video of him spraying the homeless guy, right? He's Dude's just asleep. walking up. Dude's sleeping, and he just fucking full on right in the face sprays him with bear spray right one of these big ass canisters yeah yeah so which that had to fuck that dude up oh yeah yeah so (laughs) so this guy totally deserved to get his ass whooped yeah yeah so anyway it's it's just kind of but interesting the the way at the same time when you see what's going on in places like san francisco Mm -hmm. to where like every street has got just trash and shit and right crime literal and, shit like, yeah. literal human shit. literal human fucking feces right and you know you have people that just don't give any fucks about what's you know like any right I, it, oh god it's such a right it's such a bad time it's such a it, it's it's well hey it's a good time and a bad time i know you know best of times worst of times but when you see stuff like this and, and look and i see it like there are streets you go down in downtown tampa where it's nothing but homeless people, yeah, and they're and they're sleeping there. Matter of fact, like it's it's weird. In like the industrial area just south of the airport, right? There's this nice building next to like this empty field, but the sidewalk right there, literally, there's a tent there with a guy that's just hanging out there, right? Like he's, I, I've never seen the guy there, but they've never taken the tent down. The tent stays up every day, right? Every time I drive by it, it's there, like. I, I don't know. You just see, you see all this. You see all this. Like, I don't know. Is, is it always? Is it? Is it? Is it always been there? Is it getting yeah. worse? Yeah. Is it getting? It's not getting better, right? I mean, <laughs> homelessness has always been a thing. Like, yeah, always. No, no, no. It, there's always been homeless yeah. people, but 
like just, they just used to call them nomads or gypsies or you know hobos or, hobos or well now they're now they're those experiencing home home uh-uh the unhoused the unhoused that's yes. the new word for it they are the unhoused which is totally stupid by the way <laughs> no. No, they just keep changing the terms but I, look i gotta tell you when it when it when it, look when i'm I, i've had only only two times this has happened where a homeless guy got very aggressive towards me right i did want to get out of the car and whoop his ass though right but i end up not whooping his ass but yeah yeah i like hanging out with homeless people they're interesting you know sometimes they are but sometimes they're not and oh, I'm, sometimes I'm more they're fucking not crazy and dangerous than, but, than I was yeah. in the mood for. <laughs> sometimes right. it's fun. Now, okay, again, there's so many other things that are going on right now, <laughs> but I just wanted to bring this one up too. So there was an article, People Standing for the National Anthem Horrifies Progressives in Viral Video. This feels dystopian. One said, one person said scene looked like out of a horror movie. Um, uh, the sight of people standing with their hands over their hearts for the National Anthem at a Southern California restaurant appears to shock and horrify TikTok users. In a viral video posted on social media platform last week, about a dozen people are shown standing for the Star Spangled Banner as it plays on a television screen in the bar area of the Rainbow Oaks restaurant in Fallbrook, California. One TikTok, one TikTok user who was dining at the establishment posted a video with the caption, by far the most dangerous situation I've been in. She used the <laughs> hashtag, Christ. God bless America, get out, illegal, and white people things afterwards. Yeah, that's your typical TikToker right there. That saying that people look, I, I, I don't, I don't sing the national anthem. I don't, you know, get into symbols and and nationalistic, you know, whatever. But to say that that was a, such a dangerous situation, it just shut the fuck up. You know. Yeah. And I agree that nationalism can be a very dangerous thing. You know, but people standing up in a restaurant to sing the national anthem because it's on TV for a ball game. That, it, it's stupid, but it's not dangerous. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's the part. Is okay. Right. Look, I don't want to get up and sing the national anthem. No, not my thing. Yeah. Not going to do it anymore. I'm going to sit down and eat my chicken wings. You people do what you want. I mean, look, I, I might be quiet during that time frame. Right. Like I might not, you know, give. Look, if they want to do their thing, do their thing. I'm not. I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. However, with that being said. By far the most dangerous situation I've ever been in. Right. Like, if that's by far the most dangerous situation you've ever been in. You haven't lived. You've lived a sheltered-ass fucking life, <laughs> right. by the way. It's probably the first time you've ever been outside of your home. <laughs> well, and also to say white people things. Right. To be honest with you, in my opinion, that's racist. Right. You're going to tell me black people don't do that shit? Come right. on now. They're, maybe yeah. not all of them, but not all white people are doing it either. Right. So, like, you're, 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 you're mad about it, and I don't understand why you're mad. Like... Why you're so angry about it, I don't get. I got a question, though. If they were all standing up to sing the black national anthem, would this person, this TikToker, been as uh, terrified? Uh, a pro- okay, without knowing, probably not, though. <laughs> right. Probably would have <laughs> been so no. proud. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, your, your dystopian future just depends on your outlook. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. If everybody was yeah. singing, I forget what that one's called, but. Uh, just a black national anthem. Well, no, 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 raise a, our hearts together, or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, like I, that. I forget the exact name of it, but but yeah. Again, I just looked at this one. It was like you're taking things way too far. Oh, far yeah, you know, point. people do it just act completely like <laughs> they just overblow everything for views. 
Uh, you know, and it's just stupid, some of the things you see. Yeah, you and, know? like, do you really believe that? Like, right. Do you really believe that's the most dangerous situation you've ever been in? Well, like, there was you're a, a fucking idiot. If there was, the like, case. that TikToker mom uh, who uh, went on TikTok, like, all hysterical, saying these two people who, you know, looked like they might have been, I don't know, ethnic in some way, <laughs> that it tried to kidnap her kids at Walmart or something like that, and... Uh, you know, she put it out on TikTok and showed pic- pictures of the couple and all that. And she, basically, she was on there crying and talking about an attempted kidnap and uh, ended up filing a police report. Well, the police investigated it and, like, they reviewed the video and everything like that. And she just made the whole fucking thing up. I mean, just like they might have passed her and nodded and said hi, but that was about the most of their interactions. You know, and in her, you know, Karen fucking mind or just to do it for views, one or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, she thought that they were trying to kidnap her children and they actually arrested her for filing a, a false police report. Good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's good to see that, uh, you know, at least, it, you know, they're, they're not cleaning up subways. <laughs> they're not preventing shoplifting, but at least they're preventing Karen's from making false police reports on ethnic people. <laughs> so one positive there. I guess you have one positive on the whole thing. Right. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Right. So you have the how to and how not to run for president. All right. Well, first thing I want to point out is, you know how we were talking last week that I, I'm pretty convinced that Michelle Obama will be. Yeah, the, you got Michelle Obama. Mike Pence is your uh, dark as horse my picks. picks. Right. Well, what did I say last week? I said, well, I wasn't ready to make a bet because I still need to see some signs that Michelle Obama is out there doing the preliminary campaign stuff, you know, getting her name out there, finding unique ways to to put herself back in the spotlight. Well, this pack week, past week, uh, Michelle Obama shocks Bruce Springsteen fans as she takes to the stage with the legendary rocker, uh, as well as Steven uh, Spielberg's wife, Kate Capshaw, during a concert in Barcelona. So... <laughs> Michelle Obama decides to get on stage with uh, Bruce Springsteen and uh, you know do sing some "Born in the USA." <laughs> now, that right there, friends, is how a young, hip potential presidential candidate tries to get their name in the paper. You know, that's Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on MTV, right there on Arsenio Hall or whatever. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's she's laying the groundwork man i'm telling you i'm telling you i'm telling you biden's gonna say he's running at some point he's gonna have some medical issue whether real or or fabricated drop out of the race and the dems are just gonna hand the mantle after the primary is all over to michelle obama just to replace biden and there you go guarantee you that's happening now I guarantee. Hold you. on, are we are we? Uh, hold no, on, I want to bet on that. I want to see. I want to see a couple more things like that. If I see a couple more things like that, it's a definite. Yeah. All right. So, so. you don't want to you don't want to make a bet now though. Huh? <coughs> not yet. Not yet. Okay. But that was a very strong indicator that my my hypothesis is maybe correct. Yeah. Now um, let's go to how not to run for president because Michelle Obama showed us how to do it. Um, our boy Ron DeSantis is showing you how not to do it. So, <laughs> first of all, he decides to do his little world tour. Yeah. Um, and uh, on whose dime, nobody knows. We'll talk about that in a second. 
But in meeting with like um, heads of uh, European corporations and British corporations and stuff like that, basically he didn't impress any of them. <laughs> in fact, none of them uh, had anything good to say. Um, <laughs> like here was one. Uh, it felt like uh, felt really a bit like we were watching a state level politician. I wouldn't be surprised if people in attendance came out thinking, yeah, that's not the guy. <laughs> Another one said, yeah, there wasn't any stardust. A third person in the event agreed. It felt like the end of an overseas trip, which it was, uh, but in, uh, let's see, uh, oh, but said uh, DeSantis came across well. Okay, so a moderately good one there. And another one said uh, DeSantis was fine. <laughs> but there was no praise uh, from any of the people, no, no significant praise from any of the people that met with him. So definitely he's not uh, wooing world business leaders. Now, like I said, he just did that overseas trip, and they won't tell anyone here in Florida how he paid for it. In fact, they went so far as the state legislature passed a law shielding his travel records to make them, uh, you know, uh, in the Florida and the Sunshine State, you know, where all uh, public records are supposed to be available to everyone, they're not making those available to anyone. Uh, reading from the article, Republican lawmakers in Florida on Tuesday approved a bill that would shield the travel records of Governor Ron DeSantis and other state leaders from public disclosure. The bill, which passed the Florida House along party line vote of 84 to 31, and folks, that's what we have in Florida. We have 84 to 31 <laughs> Republican to Democrat in the House, and uh, almost the same ratio in the Senate. Yeah, super majorities. Yeah. Um, uh, party line vote of 84 to 31 after clearing the Senate last month would exempt the travel history of the state's governor and their immediate family, the lieutenant governor, the cabinet members, Senate president, House speaker, and the state Supreme Court chief justice from public record loss. So right there tells you that, yeah, DeSantis was traveling on our, the Florida taxpayer's dime uh, for a presidential run, and uh, now they're hiding those records. I mean, I am getting so fucking sick of these, you know, politicians in Florida. It's they went from, okay, they're not horrible to like just the worst, you know, it, it, borderline fascist, corrupt as hell in, in like what a year, like it, that quick. Yeah. Know? In a year. No, yeah. no, they, they have like. Here's the thing. They took over the monorail system for Disney. Right. Like this whole thing with Disney is right. just so disgusting. It's so petty. And, and so and that's the thing. It's raw. petty. Yeah. Look, did Disney have a carve out that other people didn't have? Kind of, but kind of not. There's other people that have the same carve out. Right. And for you to get mad at them because they didn't like one bill that you did, which got passed. Any, not only got passed. Now, after this year, you expanded it, right? which is right. exactly what you guys do every time, is that you get a bill, and then you implement it, and then all you got to do then is expand it to be more time. Right. Like, so... Uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm just... It's... This state has really, really earned its reputation over the last year or two. This yeah. past... The past two sessions, for sure. Yeah. Have you... These guys have really gone... 
the the Republicans in, in Tallahassee have gone way too far. I know they don't think they have. Right. You know what I mean? And But there's nobody to check them. There's nobody to stop them. They got veto-proof majorities. And, you know, the argument now is over DeSantis or Trump. Right. You know? Right. But part of me is actually uh, pretty happy about it, honestly. Uh, because the more these uh, buffoons run in our state, you know, step on their dicks, the less that all the fucking Yankees and all the West Coasters want to move here. So, you know, if if it results in fewer people, uh, you know, fewer illegal immigrants crossing the Florida border uh, from the rest of the United States, um, then I'm all for it. No, I yeah. gotcha. That's so, not happening. But hold yeah. on. That brings one other thing up. Okay. So there was a Morgan Whalen concert, like I talked about. Right. I ended up doing two rides out of there. The first ride was a couple, guy and a girl. They were from New York, and they were down here to watch the concert, right? Right. The second couple were from Naples. And then I mentioned that I just picked two people up and they were from New York. And the guy in the back on the, in the second ride was like, oh, but he doesn't vote red. Right. I, I was like, well, I don't know. He's a country person. Maybe he votes whatever he votes. I don't know. But when he said it, it was like. You know, and, you know, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Uh, right, right. Like it, you have no. And I, again, I wasn't going to get into it with him. He actually tipped me 20 bucks. So it was a super, you know, right. That point, whatever. I'm not going to get into a political discussion with him. I just simply mentioned the state that the guy was from. And he's like, oh, he probably votes. We probably didn't vote red. Right. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. It, it, and again, it's not the red or the blue. It's the fact that anybody thinks either the red or the blue is a good thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the th- Yeah. That comes down to the right. thing is like. Like, you see what's going on in Florida. Right. You see what's going on in other parts around the country. Right. It's different kinds of crap. Right. But it's right. still all crap. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like in, in Florida, we're, we're going to, you know, turn it into the handmaiden state. You yeah. know? And in San Francisco, it's like, you know. Hunger just, Games. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, there's no good answer here. Neither of these teams are any fucking good. No. You know? It's just, uh, the you know, uh, do you want your totalitarianism with this flavor or that flavor? Yeah. You know? That's really it's what it really all it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, because also, because a six-week abortion ban. Jesus Christ, guys. Right. What were you fucking? Uh, uh, yeah. Again, a lot of people don't even know they're pregnant by six weeks. Book burning. You know, I mean, just fuck. Or ban- yeah, banning, banning. They weren't same actually fucking, the same thing. fucking thing. Um, you know the, the drag. Sh- just stop. Just stop. But yeah. All right. I gotta uh, with the uh, with the fourteen minutes left. We have left in the show. I gotta move on to Ukraine. Um, oh yeah, we gotta yeah, do that. I, 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 there's a lot of stuff I want to get to. A uh, lot of oh, very hold on, real quick, real quick, real, hmm. real quick, real quick. Brad Watson, curb side switcheroo level. Thank you very much for joining. All right, thank you, Brad. Uh, nice to have you with here. And and Brad, you'll be able to hear us talking about. Uh, more of the Epstein revelations that came out, uh, uh, plus uh, more evidence on the intentional leak hypothesis from the uh, Massachusetts National Guardsman, uh, some insider AI warnings, uh, some trolling or not trolling, some horrible teacher or brilliant teacher. All that's coming up in the second hour. And if you'd like to listen to the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, become a subscriber. You get a whole bunch of swag, uh, including an autographed copy of my book. A Anarchist Guild challenge coin, a This Is Not a Bomb duffel bag, and you get a second hour of content. At yep. least a second hour of content every week. All right, let's get into Ukraine. Though. Let's get into Ukraine. All right, so uh, first, probably most of you heard uh, that there was a drone attack on the Kremlin, mm-hmm. okay, uh, which was not a very effective attack at all, uh, but uh, and was most likely, you know, there's a lot of 
a lot of speculation as to who carried this out, whether it was the Ukrainians, whether it was a false flag. But I think that the evidence most likely leans toward uh, a small disorganized group of Russian insurgents because this was not a very effective attack. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't the United States like uh, uh, Putin is trying to blame it on because if the United States targeted the Kremlin, there would be no more Kremlin. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's not our style to, you know, do a little poof drone, you know, and, and like make a little scorch mark on the roof. Exactly. That's not how America does things. So, um, but yeah, so there's, there is a lot of partisan uh, insurgent action going on in Russia right now. A lot of it. A lot of uh, facilities burning down, a lot of trail uh, trains being derailed, a lot of drone attacks. And it's gotten so bad that, you know, they have their Victory Day parade on May 9th coming up. Yeah. Putin's not going to attend. They just announced uh, late last night, our time, uh, that uh, uh, he will not be in attendance. He will be, uh, because of his busy schedule, Yeah, (laughs) he will not be in attendance. And this is like... Uh, you know, this is like Thanksgiving and the Fourth of July all rolled into one for yeah, Russia. This is, a big thing this is for their Russia. biggest, you know, event. Um, and the fact that he's not there means he's scared. Now, another thing that, and of course, the Ukrainians are gearing up for this counteroffensive, um, and uh, it's the, the Russians are just terrified of it at this point. They're evacuating uh, areas in Crimea, which uh, the Ukrainians have been hitting. Um, they're evacuating uh, the Zaporizhia region, uh, which one of the things that's interesting is they're also evacuating the nuclear power plant. And if they evacuate the personnel from the nuclear power plant, there's a very good potential that thing could melt down. So there's a question of how whether, much are they actually evacuating? Yeah, yeah. And also, how quickly can uh, the uh, the Ukrainians get people in there to save the facility? But that could turn into a nuclear nightmare. Um, so that's something that's a uh, uh, really uh, to watch um, but uh, yeah it's it's uh, one of the really interesting things is the struggle for power and you see it right now going on so what's going on is um, Prigozhin who is the head of uh, the Wagner uh, private uh, military corporation the the mercenaries right yeah he has come out with a video a couple of videos now l- just fucking laying out the uh russian government and even naming uh you know vladimir putin saying you guys are are killing us and he he did this one video with a field strewn with dead uh wagner mercenaries right yeah and he's like pointing over him and saying you did this i'm gonna read (coughs) the translation from this video um i am officially addressing the supreme commander-in-chief vladimir putin Uh, the chief of the general staff, the minister of defense, and then he points to the dead soldiers. He says, these were someone's fucking fathers and someone's sons. Um, Those bastards who don't give us ammunition will fucking eat their guts out in fucking hell. You bastards sit in your expensive clubs. Your children enjoy life and film YouTube videos. You think you own this life and you have a right to decide their fates. And he's gone on. He's made a couple of more videos and now he's saying he's pulling his troops out of uh, Bakhmut and potentially out of Ukraine altogether. Now, this is amazing because under normal circumstances, just after that one video, he'd be a dead man. Yeah, you'd think. Okay. But here's the thing. Putin absolutely needs him in Ukraine because right now they're about the only effective 
fighting force that Russia has there, and they're decimated. So there's not much left of them. So from Prigozhin's standpoint, I think he is actually making a play for control of Russia. Okay, Because if, if you think about it, he knows the position he's in. Putin loses this war without him. He probably loses it with them anyway because yeah. they can't get resupplied. They're losing men left and right. They're down to like a quarter of their original um, you know, uh, troop strength. Okay, But Prigozhin is essentially challenging Putin head on, pulling his army out of Ukraine, presumably back to Russia. So here's a guy with a whole lot of power and a private army that's telling the president of the country that you fucked up. And these men are dead because of you. Yeah. So <laughs> that right there, man, that has all the ingredients of a coup. You got the insurgency going on where they're flying drones into the Kremlin, Russian people, most likely Russian uh, uh, partisans. Um, and you've got this going on. And now, just yesterday, you know who joined Wagner? The ex-deputy defense minister. He resigned his position as Deputy Defense Minister of Russia and signed on as the number two in charge of Wagner. Okay? <laughs> so that would be a, a equivalent of, you know, someone at the level of, like, a, a, a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff joining... Blackwater. Uh, Blackwater, right. At the same, Which is another name now, but whatever. At the same time that Blackwater was telling the president of the United States that he was responsible for all this death and destruction and we're coming back home. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and again, it's very much amplified because in the U.S., um, you know, even though we do have private mercenary groups that we use, um, they're much, much smaller than... They're a lot quieter. They're a lot quieter. They're a lot more controlled. You don't they're hear a lot about smaller. Them. Yeah. Whereas, if you hear about them, it's because something went wrong. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, the U.S. uses mercenaries kind of like security guards. Yeah. You know, like we're sending the army in. We're going to take this territory. But now this territory we've taken, we need somewhere to just guard it from any type of little, you know, small scale attacks or anything like that. That's usually how we use mercenaries. Russia, on the other hand, uses them as frontline troops. So this is a very, very, a lot of very strong indications that there is about to be a change in power in Russia very soon. Oh, hold on till July, Putin. <laughs> hold on till well, July. That's really the only question is is how and when this counteroffensive happens, you know, and how successful it is. And the way it's going now with the Russians essentially just evacuating every they're getting out of the way. They're just like telling Ukraine, "Okay, take it." Yeah. You know, nobody nobody wants to defend against this attack. Um, now I do want to uh, I, I said I was going to do this in the second hour, but we got a few more minutes. The Discord leak, okay? Remember how I was saying that this was probably an intentional leak? Yeah. Okay. Again, reviewing everything that's come out, nothing really hurts the U.S., and everything actually is causes disruptions in Russia's planning and Russia's internal workings. Like, one of the things that came out in the leaked files was it showed a deep rift between the Russian military and Prigozhin, the Wagner chief. Yeah. Okay. So it's almost as if that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see what I'm saying? So by leaking that, 
even though the, it may have been kind of below the surface and they were getting a little pissy with each other, by leaking that and put it in the open, it gives both sides the opportunity and the necessity to kind of ramp it up. Because now that it's been made public, when you have a disagreement with someone in-house and you can keep it in-house, you know, you can kind of manage it until things really blow over. But once it gets out there in the public that, hey, these two aren't getting along, there's problems here, Yeah, that tends to escalate it, right? Mm-hmm. That tends to Absolutely blow it up. It does. So by leaking this information, leaking, it actually might have blown it up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So again, I haven't seen anything in this this leak that um, you know the Discord leak that harms the U.S. in any way, other than a little bit with reputation. But as we've seen with like the the South Korean agreement immediately after we yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah everybody the part about us spying on everybody is something that everybody already knows and nobody cares about or at least they've accepted they may care about it but they've accepted yeah, yeah, it because they're, 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 it's just the way of the world well because they're they're spying on us too yeah yeah so yeah this this wagner thing it's going to be real interesting and it's going to be also interesting what happens uh this week uh, specifically on tuesday for the victory day parade you know because i tell you man if <laughs> I don't think Ukraine would hit it because it could be because cons- there's a lot of civilians there watching. Oh, it. yeah, yeah. They don't want to do that. But the the Russian partisans would. And I bet you they're planning for it. And the fact that Putin's not going means that they are absolutely afraid of that happening. Yeah. And if that does happen, you know, there's there's always the risk that something does happen there. And then they come out and say, oh, well, it was the United States, which it won't be because the U.S. would absolutely not do that. Um, but, you know, maybe finally they get the excuse to use a nuke. But like we've been saying all along, even if Putin makes the decision to launch a nuke, I think there's so little faith left in him throughout his command that they wouldn't follow the orders. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I I, I don't think they would do it because I think that most of them are looking at it at this point. He's just got to make it to July. They got to save their own ass, you know, and they're not going to do anything because they know if he goes this far, it's over for Russia. They know that. So, and they want to save their own asses. So they're not going to be the ones that actually relays the command to do it. Yeah. Because they don't want to be brought up at the Hague. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's they don't want to be tried for war crimes. So, well, nor do they want to see a, a, you know millions and millions of people right. in Russia and around the world be killed, right? Instantly, yeah, yeah, hundreds of millions. Well, it might not go that far because if they were to just launch a tactical nuke on Ukraine, chances are the U.S. would not respond with a full retaliatory strategic strike. Uh, there would have to be some response. But it, it wouldn't be the grand tour, so to speak. Probably be his ass, though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and that's like it. he ain't got to worry about the Hague because it, he's going to be dead. Yeah, it'll definitely be his ass because uh, as soon as that wherever order the nuke came from out, is but, where it's going to be fucking. Yeah, it's this is an interesting time, man. I I got a feeling that Swan Lake is going to be playing on Russian TV here very very soon, and you know what that means? Time for a new leader. So, July first, baby. We'll see. Just it's make it. It's, come on, it's going to be Vlad. very, very come close. Come on, Putin. Whether he makes it to July first or not, it's he might though. He might. It might be a little after that. I hope not, but no, we'll, see. we'll see. All right, folks. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you in the second hour at patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Have a good one. <laughs>